Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. The second Greener Thoughts Anniversary Celebration Prize Giveaway Retroactive Edition is here. It will last throughout the retroactive November month, and I will leave details about that in each episode description so that you don't get confused about when to enter or how to enter. So to enter the giveaway, just answer the following questions. There's only three. The first is, what is your favorite episode of Greener Thoughts thus far and why? Number two is, what is the dried snack company I discussed in podcast episode 146, top 20 foods you can freeze? And number three, what are the three episodes I've done that focus on composting? Hint, it's in the titles. Some of the prizes include uh, three different prizes for the first, second, and third prize winners. First prize is a four-pack of Burt's Breeze Lip Balm in Superfruit. Number two prize is the Pop Sockets Burt's Bees Lip Balm Compact Refill, and it is also a phone grip and stand. And then number three is the Pop Sockets Refillable a Pop Grip Lips uh, that is a phone grip and a stand and again these prizes are for the first second and third prize winners be sure to email your answers to greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com or you can do so by voice message you can go to anchor.fm forward slash greenerthoughtspodcast and check out how to send a voice message through there or follow the link that is the third lower link in each episode's show notes Hello and welcome back everyone. If you're new to the Green Thoughts program, welcome. I have several different announcements for this podcast episode and an update as far as rice love a little bit uh, in a few minutes. So I want to get started with the backlog of different environmental holidays, one of them being uh, the first one celebrated on November the 14th, which is Children's Day in India, and then America Recycles Day uh, occurs on November the 15th, the day after, and then the International Day of Tolerance is on November 16th, and then also National Hiking Day, which is on November 17th. 
So as many of you know, especially if you listened to one of my recent podcast episodes not too long ago, my Rice Love Wallet arrived. And finally, uh, it's been a long time since I, you know, ordered it. It seems like, um, you know, by the way, I did, um, you know, try to order it and I did order it the day that I made that episode. But as you know, or if you're probably hearing this at a time that's not November, um, when this um, podcast episode will be retroactively published, um, I made the purchase in the spring. And so I I bought the product from Rice Love, their site. I bought it two podcast episodes ago in the Improving Your Green Thumb, The Reasons Why Your Plants Are Yellowing episode. It's episode 204 from November the 2nd, 2020. So I did a full review of Rice Love and talked about how I did purchase the wallet from their site. And I'm so happy to have uh, used it. And, you know, I used it by uh, transferring my contents of my older wallet to my Rice Love wallet. And it's great. It uh, fits a, a, a hefty amount, I'd say a, a small amount if you carry light stuff like maybe change or some cards or maybe a few credit cards or debit cards. But it's great if you want to you know, prune through your old wallet and make a good use of their products. So I love it. It took 12 days to get here, which is kind of out of ordinary for shipping. But since it may be because of coronavirus related delays, I'm not too surprised, but I'm just happy that I can finally use it and it finally came. So I looked up the code on the back that's linked to my purchase and my purchase directly helped the Swathi Golem family and I'm excited uh, that I was able to help them. Like I looked up the code and it's a, fa- it's a small family of four, a um, mom, um, dad, and their two uh, kids. And yeah, if you if you um, go to their site and you purchase your your products from there, uh, you are helping out a family in need and giving them a kilo of rice uh, to help them sustain themselves. And so, uh, you know, buying the uh, wallet from the site, I, it encourages me to even do more um, with that. And I love it. I love that I was able to help out the Swathi, uh, Swathi's family. And it's very special to know that I'm directly helping um, the family and others too. You can look up your code online after purchasing um, the uh, the the products that they have, whether they be backpacks or other items, gift cards, etc. Uh, and they directly help many uh, families. So not only are you helping um, other families, but others who directly support them as well. You can see how many codes each um, person. Um, each family is is able to um, have benefited from positively. Like that's that's a very good thing, knowing that a lot of people have been able to uh, purchase things through the site and help these families directly. And you can see how many codes, um, you know, tally up to a lot of uh, pounds of rice, um, that uh, kilos of rice that uh, the families are getting and individuals too but uh, families are a big focus on the rice love site so i'm really excited that my wallet came and i will be using it and keeping it and i'm so happy this makes me want to just spread the love 
and the uh, benefit of uh, rice love. So I really hope that you check out the episode of which I talked a lot about rice love. And so I'll continue on with the program. Headlines from the Hemispheres is the next segment up. It's where I cover all types of environmental news all across our wonderful globe. First headline is about plastics and rising CO2 levels, of course, in our environment. Plastics and rising CO2 levels could pose combined threat to marine environment. And Science Daily had this news and it's out of the UK, specifically from the University of Plymouth. This was a sort of international collaboration of many different scientists. They found different types of bacteria growing on submerged plastics. After three weeks, they had gone into the oceans and they found different types of bacteria growing on plastic bottles, twice as great uh, on many different samples collected from even the surrounding seawater. So it showed that there were many different types of and groups of different bacteria. Uh, They were shared between uh, the plastic and free living and and particle associated samples. They collected almost 350 uh, different types that were found uniquely on the plastics themselves. Researchers ranged from different places, India, from out in the UK, and they had other collaborators uh, having um, been on the research and published several studies over the past decade that shows that ocean acidification is a real threat to things like habitat degradation and biodiversity loss. Next is some information about a recent a dam that has been causing a lot of problems for salmon and uh, really hampering uh, a lot of the local wildlife and people have a lot to say about it. A dam blocking 348 miles of salmon streams hasn't generated electricity since 1958, but who will take it down? Well, phys.org had the story, phys is in physical science or physics. It's a great site for so many different types of sciences, technology, everything you need to know about the planet. And so this is a story out of the U.S. I typically don't do uh, news from the U.S. because I really want a a broader perspective and talking about all the different types of environmental news and headlines and fresh news from different countries. But this one struck me because it's about uh, a particular old dam and the fact that the salmon, they need their habitat back and they need to be uh, increased in their numbers as well. And so this, this dam is, is really doing a number on the local wildlife there, specific to a number of different salmon species. So there is the, the steelhead, the lamprey, and the Chinook salmon in the river uh, that the Enloe Dam is currently um, you know, dampening the populations of these salmons, salmon creatures. And so the question is really, um, how and who is going to pay for the destruction of this dam? And with the Enlo Dam, it was built over a century ago, and it's still very well today. It blocks fish, the salmon that I talked about, from reaching 
three more than 340 miles of upstream to the Similkameen River, of which they spawn and they lay their eggs and they grow and they live up there. That's that's how they operate. Salmon, they do this. They travel upstream uh, in, in, in for breeding and for laying their eggs and living up, upstream. But if they can't do that because of something like an older uh, piece of man-made structure, then that is a, a real problem. And so... A lot uh, of people are up in arms about the dam itself, and there's more to see on, again, fizz.org for more. And then lastly is some really great news from Abu Dhabi regarding plastic recycling. So Abu Dhabi to build PET plastic recycling plant with Beolia. Uh, and Reuters.com had the story, and this is great. So the United Arab Emirates has uh, really great plans for the construction of this new plant. They consume a lot of plastic, more than 3 billion soft drinks and water PET bottles every single year. So your Dasani type of bottles, Pepsi type of plastic bottles, etc. And so with Abu Dhabi, they are going to develop a food-grade polyethylene terephthalate, or PET, plastic recycling plant with Veolia. And it's the first of its kind. It's really advanced, of course, state-of-the-art in all types of recycling technologies. And it will try to produce 14,000 tons of food-grade quality PET, or RPET. So this recycling plant is going to establish a lot of different types of partnerships they talked about with different alliances in the global sustainability space, including alliances for global sustainability, uh, and is one of the first of its kind in the region. So kudos to Abu Dhabi. So this episode topic is about eggs and diabetes and other types of foods that are great for you. That can help uh, lower your risk of even getting diabetes or anything similar. And so ENN.com, Environmental News Network, uh, has a lot to say uh, about this. And I figured this is pretty interesting, mainly because you know, I, I do love eggs, but not at the risk of my health. Knowing that there's always new changing information about food research and other types of uh, food uh, links to our health. And it's a really uh, striking um, uh, cause of a lot of different diseases, no matter the the food that you eat. Um, you know, the worse food you eat, the more apt you are to getting uh, really serious uh, health illnesses. Um, we should all be aware of something like this. And so uh, with that, we're going to dive into, you know, no matter the eggs, whether they're scrambled or poached, boiled, uh, eggs are a popular food. We know this the world over. Lots of people around the world Millions of people around the world uh, do enjoy some of the benefits of eating eggs. And there are benefits to eating them. But in excess, that's the problem. Especially uh, people who eat eggs multiple times a day, every every day. That is uh, slowly killing you. And we're going to look at some research from the University of South Australia uh, that looks into that. You know, if you're a fan of eggs, do you eat them, you know, daily, weekly, every once in a while? You know, have you seen any changes to your health? What does your doctor uh, said about your consumption of eggs. Are you telling your doctor? Uh, we're going to you know, find out answers to many things in the research that we'll uncover uh, quite a bit. So we're going to look at the breakfast food to do without, maybe. So definitely this uh, research we're going to talk about was a partnership between the 
China Medical University in Qatar University. It was a longitudinal study. That means it was a study done at length. Sometimes studies will range decades even and, and follow throughout the course of the respondents' uh, lives. Uh, so this was done from 1991 to 2009, and it was the first to assess egg consumption uh, at a large uh, sample size of Chinese adults. So it found that the people who regularly consumed one or more eggs, the equivalent of about 50 grams uh, per day, increased the risk of diabetes by 60%. Now, the prevalence of diabetes in China uh, nowadays uh, now exceeds 11%, and the global average is 8.5%. So diabetes is becoming more and more a larger public health concern. Now, the economic impact of diabetes is pretty significant, mainly because 10% of our global health expenditure, that's the money that we spend on global health worldwide uh, in U.S. dollars or in American dollars, is $760 billion. That's a little bit more than three quarters of a billion of a trillion dollars. So that's a lot of money just on diabetes and, and treating diabetes and finding out cures uh, to diabetes and all types of different solutions too. In China, specifically, diabetes-related costs exceed more than $109 billion. So what do some of the experts have to say about this? One in particular was one of the main researchers and in, in authors of the research, epidemiologist, and she's also a public health expert. It was uh, from the University of South Australia's uh, Dr. Ming Li. And she was talking about the rise of diabetes being a huge concern. And in China, uh, where traditional uh, Chinese diets uh, are being impacted, like they're not eating like they were, not every uh, Chinese um, person, uh, someone living in China, not everyone is living on a traditional Chinese diet. Things change. And so she's realizing that uh, with the research that demonstrated that. So for more of the research, or if you want to check it out yourself, you can find it online. It's entitled Higher Egg Consumption Associated with Increased Risk of Diabetes in Chinese Adults uh, in uh, China Health and Nutritional Survey. It was published in the British Journal of Nutrition back in 2020. Now, I want to look at some other research figures, so we'll briefly cover those and then proceed with the notable quotable. So between the years that they looked at, they looked at uh, 1991 to 2009, and uh, daily egg consumption did increase back from uh, 1991 to 1993. It was 16 grams per day, and then it was 26 grams uh, in the 2000 uh, year 2000 to about 2004 and then 31 grams in 2009. So steadily, the increase of egg consumption has gotten worse. And for the study, the population that was observed was almost 9,000 adults, but it was exactly 8,545 uh, Chinese adults that participated. And again, the average age of these adults was about 50 years, and they participated in the China Health and uh, Nutrition Survey. So internationally, 
rates do uh, change a little bit as far as egg consumption. Not everyone across the same period ate the same amount of eggs in uh, this, that same span of time. But uh, in, in Europe, the egg consumption was 65 grams per day and then 43 grams per day in the Americas uh, and then 56 grams per day in Asia. 45 grams per day in the world on average, and then in Oceania, including Australia, the average uh, consumption uh, in in Oceania is uh, about 20 grams per day, which is significantly lower when you think about all the other um, averages. And then uh, in Africa, the consumption is 93 grams per day. That's a lot of eggs. All right, I want to leave you with a notable quotable, which is from, again, Dr. Ming Li. So, quote, diet is a known and modifiable factor that contributes to the onset type 2 diabetes. So, understanding the range of dietary factors that might impact the growing prevalence of the disease is important. While the association between eating eggs and diabetes is often debated, this study has aimed to assess people's long-term egg consumption of eggs and their risk of developing diabetes, as determined by fasting blood glucose. To beat diabetes, a multifaceted approach is needed that not only encompasses research, but also a clear set of guidelines to help inform and guide the public. The study is one step towards that long-term goal, end quote. And again, that quote was said of Dr. Ming Lee, epidemiologist and public health expert of the University of South Australia uh, and her work. Eggs are so tasty. I love me a good sunny side up egg with some garlic salt, kosher salt, some parsley, and a few other things. But looking at the research, finding that if you eat one or more eggs per day, you know, that's a lot of eggs, um, but it's it's not unheard of for people to just, you know, eat eggs and one to eat one, two, three eggs. If you have an omelet, good luck. You know, you're going to have, you know, maybe five, six eggs, maybe in that whole omelet. And that will, you know, probably fill you up the whole day, if not half the day. But looking at the increased risk just by eating eggs by 60% is huge. You know, stepping back uh, from just the eggs and, and looking at, is the risk of diabetes worth it? I think not. Now, the economic impact of diabetes we covered, that's a lot of money uh, worldwide, uh, that is a lot of money, you know, $760 billion, that's a lot of money. 10% of global health expenditure just on diabetes alone is that much. And that's that's insane. You know, that is uh, remarkable just in scale and looking at that. A lot of people, um, especially here in the U.S., know someone who's got diabetes. You know, maybe your grandparents, your friend, maybe is born with type 1 diabetes. Maybe you know someone who's developed type 2 diabetes um, because of the way that they've uh, used their diet, um, maybe because of hereditary you know, factors, maybe other reasons too. Maybe they developed something over time and diabetes was uh, also associated with it. They developed something else and they also have diabetes. 
So uh, this is a very alarming condition and it's it's so daunting to know that just because you're eating eggs, your risk, you know, is in the, is in the 60% uh, percent, um, range and you have to grapple with that. And I, I wanted to uh, make sure that I talked about this because I didn't want uh, someone to, you know, go about their, their ways of eating and, you know, loving breakfast food. I love breakfast food. But uh, knowing that you could be doing more harm to yourself than good, you know, they say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. We understand that. I get that. And uh, eggs uh, can be a part of that nutritious breakfast, but in excess, no. Rarely, that's best. And it's it's okay to realize, okay, you can cut back your, your egg. Uh, some would say addiction. Some people are addicted to eating eggs or, or at least as often as they can muster. Um, you know, having to prepare them. Maybe you're a cook. Maybe you, you love cooking breakfast and and you run a bed and breakfast. And so you buy eggs by the boatload. But uh, looking at that, that you have to, you know, peel back the layers of, okay, can I find alternatives to eggs? Is there a better alternative to uh, eggs? Um, so you can cut back your risk of diabetes. There are other factors that play into your risk of diabetes too. But if one of the factors is food, and if you eat one of the foods a lot, then your risk, of course, is going to increase. So there are other factors like your total body weight, how much activity you get, sleep, because that has an impact on blood sugar levels and blood glucose, of course, and stress, genetics, all these play a role in your blood sugar maintenance and, and how often you follow a healthy diet. These are all inextricably linked uh, to the controlling of your blood sugar. And it's important for those who are uh, more predisposed to having pre-diabetes or diabetes uh, full-blown or other health uh, conditions that are going to get worse if they're not treated or kept from getting getting worse um, because of diabetes-related effects. So what to do about this? There are many different things. And I first thought about uh, fresh fruit. Sometimes it's, it's okay to not have a, a, a carb or cholesterol um, uh, filled uh, uh, sit down at the table, especially first thing in the morning. Uh, it's great, you know, maybe once in a blue moon, you know, maybe uh, twice a month, once a, once a week, something like that, something light. But um, not all the time. I, I couldn't imagine eating uh, bacon and eggs and toast or grits all the time, even though I am a fan of, uh, you know, some of those type of foods. But I love a different alternative. Sometimes I just fast. I don't even eat breakfast sometimes. And I just, I, that goes, goes on for a few weeks, not intentionally, just because I just don't, uh, you know, find the time to, you know, make breakfast all the time. And so sometimes it's great to uh, do something alternatively like uh, pairing a a fresh fruit salad with maybe some oatmeal or maybe just oatmeal entirely or maybe grits and maybe a type of protein like maybe a meatless sausage. I've talked about many different 
uh, alternative meats in different podcast episodes before this one about the different types of breakfast sausages that aren't even meat. And so, you know, like an impossible burger um, type of meat or a garden, for example, they have excellent sausages uh, that aren't even meat and they're, they're perfect. They're so sustaining and fulfilling and, and nutritious. And you can have that instead of um, with your, your regular bacon or with eggs, you can have that and maybe some grits, some fresh fruit, some, 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 um, different cereal, whole grain cereal. You could even maybe have a, a small kind of salad. Maybe you wanted to have a salad and switch it up. Maybe you're on the cusp of maybe a good brunch and maybe you're in the mood for a salad and you want to, uh, have healthier options. You can do that. Fasting, same thing. You can fast for a long period of time, stretch out the time after you sleep to, of course, maybe not eat breakfast. Maybe you can do that. Some people just, just, they operate better by not being necessarily bogged down by breakfast because sometimes it can, depending on what you eat. And then, you know, some of my favorite favorite, uh, foods for breakfast include oatmeal. I am an advocate for oatmeal. I love a good kefir drink or yogurt too. Not too much sugar, of course. I, I'm not for that. Um, I love um, skier uh, yogurt. I love Chobani yogurt. I could just have a few uh, bowls of that. Um, and, and that could be a good breakfast. I love it. Cream of wheat, of course, I talked about. Um, and, but I can go, um, months really without eating eggs. Like it's okay for, for me to, to, to peel back. Um, but they do fill you up though. If you, if you haven't eaten eggs in a while, or you need something a bit filling or in a meal, eggs can definitely do that. But, uh, seldom or rarely is, you know, best as, is what we've learned as far as, um, timetables and, and, you know, when to stretch out eating eggs. So think about what your favorite foods for eating um, during breakfast time are and maybe substituting different ones, you know, where you live, depending on, you know, your location. If you live in South Korea or Germany or Poland, because these are some of where my listeners are located, um, then, you know, maybe your regional delights are better and they're a little bit more healthier, especially um, versus uh, breakfast food here in the U.S. So consider looking at all the healthier options that you can substitute for eggs or for other types of um, carb-intensive or cholesterol-intensive foods. And uh, also tune in for uh, the next segment where I'm going to talk about amazing food options that ranges from our fruits and vegetables to other things that you can eat so that you can decrease your risk of getting diabetes. The Mother Earth Minutes is where I review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and to protect Mother Earth. Now, what we're going to do is just review amazing, good, nutritious foods that will, of course, decrease your risk for getting diabetes, pre-diabetes, that are going to control your blood sugar and safeguard your health. Now, a lot of these foods you can get, you know, either organically, you can grow a few of your own types of foods or get sustainable sources for these foods, thus protecting Mother Earth. Uh, you're not using pesticides, herbicides, other types of chemicals in the use of buying these foods and you're getting them from great sources and if that's the case then you're doing uh, more good than anything. So I want you to always you know, safeguard your health and to take care of yourself and I you know, try and talk about that every uh, episode, especially towards the end. So we're going to look at what Healthline.com, they have a series of different foods to eat. And we'll talk about some of the nutritious benefits of each one as well. 
So we're going to look at uh, several different kinds of foods, 10 different kinds of foods, vegetables and seafood and seeds and nuts, all types of different uh, foods and food groups. So the first one is broccoli. Broccoli is great and also broccoli sprouts are perfect for you. Whether there are the number of different studies that support the uh, extracts from broccoli, whether they be test tube uh, studies or animals, humans, there are a lot of benefits uh, to the type of uh, extracts that are found in broccoli that have amazing, powerful anti-diabetic effects. And they're going to uh, help um, enhance insulin sensitivities, uh, and they're going to reduce your blood sugar and any markers of oxidative stress. So that's good for you. Number two uh, is seafood. Seafood is great. I'm a seafoodie. Um, I'm a Marylander. We love our crab and all types of things, um, and we just enjoy uh, seafood. So anyone who knows, um, you know, someone who you know is big on seafood, they know that they have high. Uh, levels of vitamins and minerals in seafood crab especially like vitamin k for example but um, with seafood it is nutritious uh, whether it's fish shellfish um, it's also high in protein as well it's voluble uh, with the amount of protein you get out of it healthy fats vitamins minerals um, antioxidants and they also do a number of good things when it comes to regulating your blood sugar levels and they're great because with fatty fish like salmon and even sardines the high intake of these type of foods regulates uh, your blood sugar levels too number three is uh, the uh, eating of pumpkin or even pumpkin seeds. Now, I've even I've gone about eating pumpkin seeds whole, but I think there's a process to getting in the actual pumpkin seed. But nonetheless, pumpkin seed is high in carbs, called polysaccharides, and these are great for their blood sugar regulating potential and ability. So whether you're getting the pumpkin extracts, the powders, these significantly decrease your blood sugar levels in both human and animal studies um, in the, the National Institutes of Health, they documented this. Number four uh, are nuts and nut butter. Now, depending on the nuts, it really doesn't matter whether they be pecans or cashews or or uh, almond butter, for example, uh, other types of butters too, maybe even peanut butter as well. Um, but try and you know lay off on the sugar intense, um, intensive amounts in peanut butter. But in in any amount, uh, butters, nut butters, and nuts in their most uh, whole form are great for you. A study uh, with 25 people that had type 2 diabetes demonstrated that consuming both peanuts and almonds throughout the day as part of their low-carb diet really did wonders with both reducing uh, fasting and post-meal blood sugar levels. Uh, As far as the National Institutes of Health, they also uh, did a research study regarding that. And number five, halfway through, is okra. Okra is a popular food, whether you're from the South, here in the U.S., or maybe you know someone who's from the South or is related to someone who comes from a strong 
family lineage of cooking, uh, then you know that okra is pretty much a staple in that cooking. And it's great. It is used uh, as a vegetable, but it is a fruit. And it is packed with all types of polysaccharides and flavonoid antioxidants. In Turkey, the country, uh, okra seeds have been a natural remedy to even treat diabetes uh, due to the potency of okra's uh, blood sugar lowering properties. Number six are beans and lentils. Anyone who knows about beans and lentils, you can do a number of things to spice up even the taste of regular, um, in quotes, uh, beans or lentils. Like you can't just eat it plain. If you want to, you can eat it plain, but it's best to uh, zhuzh up uh, beans and lentils, and you can do that easily. Uh, they are rich in nutrients like magnesium, fiber, protein, and they do also help lower your blood sugar. With a study of 12 women, they demonstrated that the added uh, black beans and chickpeas to rice um, demonstrated that it reduced post-meal blood sugar levels compared with eating rice alone. And the National Institutes of Health did document that research study. There are several other studies that the National Institutes of Health have covered in the list, and so I will point those out. Number seven is kale. Kale is one of my favorite greens. And to note, this is a side note, if you have any types of greens or fruits or maybe you're making a huge salad, it doesn't have to take you 30 minutes plus uh, to make a big, huge, hefty salad with your romaine, lettuce, tomatoes, cucumber, um, all types of other uh, food additions, carrots, onions, etc. What you can do is use a Ninja Blender. I love my Ninja Blender, it's amazing. And to cut down on the amount of time that chopped vegetables or even through fruit smoothies, etc., use the Ninja Blender. It will save you so many uh, minutes of your life um, and so much time, It's, it's insane. And so, you know, a good pulsing of it, uh, for probably less than about 20 seconds, you're good. Um, so with kale, you can definitely do that. It, it cuts down the enormous size of kale because if you cut kale, um, you know, maybe with a knife or butcher's knife or, or something around that size, it can take you a bit of time to try and cut down the weight and size and half of it. So a great tip is to use a Ninja Blender. But kale is packed with all types of fiber in it, flavonoid, antioxidants. It cleans you out and gets you regular. In a study that included 42 Japanese adults, it demonstrated that with their consuming of 7 or 14 grams of kale-containing foods with their high-carb high meal, it significantly decreased post-meal blood sugar levels compared with a placebo. And National Institutes of Health did document that study as well. Number eight are berries. Berries are my favorite type of fruit. Specifically, uh, I do love mangoes, apples, oranges, etc. Bananas too. Uh, but berries are great. You can just pop them in your mouth or use them in smoothies, etc. Uh, and I did do a podcast episode specifically on superfruits and superfoods. Um, so berries were in that top list. There are many different types of berries I, in- I included. Uh, and used in that list, like acai berry, raspberries, blueberries, etc. And so with berries, they're, of course, amazing with their antioxidant properties. They have minerals, fiber in them, and vitamins too. And they're excellent for uh, blood management, uh, blood sugar management issues too. Raspberries in particular, just like strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, benefit your blood sugar levels best. 
And if you have trouble uh, with your insulin uh, sensitivity uh, levels or anything concerning maybe wanting to improve the glucose levels you have in your blood, then you should take heed and go ahead and eat tons of berries. You will not regret it. Berries taste so good, frozen or room temperature, doesn't matter. As long as they're fresh, don't have any mold on them or gotten too wet or soppy or moist because that can happen with berries sometimes. If you don't eat them fast enough, they will sometimes grow a different uh, mold on them, maybe like a soft white mold, it happens. But to prevent that, all you gotta do is uh, use them in food. Doesn't matter if it's a dessert or um, maybe in a fruit salad or you can just eat them after rinsed uh, from the refrigerator. Number nine, next to last, are avocados. Avocados are one of my favorite foods ever. I could literally eat them every single day, no problem, with maybe some uh, cheese, uh, some tomatoes, onions, whether white or red, uh, some garlic salt, kosher salt, and a few other things. They're amazing. I love me some avocados, truly. I've talked about my love for avocados several times uh, in the past, and they are amazing with their properties of being rich in good-for-you fats, like healthy fats, fiber, of course. They will get you right because they are mushy and it's full of all types of pulp. And they come in many different varieties. They have vitamins, minerals in them as well. And they also are good at improving your blood sugar levels too. And then lastly, no surprise here, are apples. An apple a day keeps the doctor away and also is full of soluble fiber and plant compounds. These are things that are necessary for reducing your blood sugar levels too. And they will protect you against getting diabetes. A study that included data from over 187,000 people found that the higher intake of specific fruits that are like blueberries and grapes, apples, and others are associated with a significantly lower risk of type 2 diabetes. And the National Institutes of Health did research and talk about this study. So all of those are the 10 foods that will get you right and decrease your risk of getting pre-diabetes, diabetes, or any other conditions that are similar. So I really hope that those were beneficial to you and you enjoy eating those foods or getting them uh, from your uh, grocery store the next time you go grocery shopping. fact of the day is that Denmark builds a 43-mile fence on its border with Germany to keep out wild boars. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club, Sierra Magazine, in the November-December 2020 issue. The Eco Company Spotlight is where I talk about amazing products and services that are from different environmental uh, companies and they are you know very ranging. I've talked about many different types of uh, industries whether they be clothing and fashion or food or maybe a service that even prevents uh, you from uh, using the wrong receptacles and kind of strengthens uh, your knowledge in tool base for recycling measures and such. So I, you know, talked about Earth 911, for example, and their amazing recycling app. And there's going to be other um, 
and technologies that I talk about in the future, specific to apps as well. But I have covered many different uh, types of uh, companies that are doing good for you and also the planet. I'm really proud to have talked about all of these and giving you so much information about all of them and seeing how you can support them as well and you know strengthen your knowledge about these companies and, and maybe what they're doing now and ways to get in contact with them and many other things too and i've been doing a lot of this since february 2019 and if you would like to you can always be sure to share uh, your story of these amazing companies any amazing environmentally related company uh, via a voice message uh, like through the Anchor app or via your desktop or by simply emailing me gmail.com. So I have a really great uh, environmental organization and I do a lot of collaboration work with many other brands too and they're pretty notable with that especially one of their uh, major collaborations that they do with a big time shoe manufacturer. And so I want to introduce you to if you haven't already known about them called Parlay. They're also known as Parlay for the Oceans, too. So Parlay means to speak with, to conference, or to have in a discussion. And that is exactly what Parlay does in part. Parlay for the Oceans was organized to discuss, act upon, and to carry out concrete change to repair our oceans, raise awareness of protecting our planet's oceans, and fostering initiatives and collaborations with companies to spearhead their mission. And one powerful example of the work is the Parlay Shoe collaboration with Adidas that started back in 2015, and they've celebrated anniversaries of the collaboration since then, ever since, and it keeps going strong. Parlay has made 30 million pairs of performance shoes with ocean plastic. CEO and co-founder and award-winning designer and product developer, Cyril Gusht, and the many collaborators and thinkers and creators, scientists, teachers, supporters, volunteers, and many other leaders all make partly what it is today. So as far as sustainability and the commitment to sustainability, uh, there are many different uh, factors that uh, Parlay demonstrates. Number one, with their shop uh, on their site, you can purchase many items that give back and contribute to the removal of trash in our world's oceans. Number two, they are dedicated uh, to reducing, eliminating, and preventing plastic in our oceans. They're one of the uh, few uh, organizations that you can find that are really dedicated to this work, and they don't plan to stop. And number three, 100% of every donation directly supports Parlay Ocean Initiatives, education, and communication campaigns. Number four, they collaborate with companies and different organizations dedicated to eliminating plastic waste such as American Express or Amex, Adidas, Corona, Biofabricate, Swell, and others. And number five, they live by the strategy of AIR, or A-I-R. Avoid plastic wherever possible, intercept plastic waste, redesign the material itself. Now, the many uh, products that they do have on the website, for example, um, are... uh, dealing with their shops. So since this is an environmental organization, but they do do a lot with other companies and organizations, they do so much, which I'll get to in a bit. And so if you would like to support them uh, by funding uh, some of their projects via their uh, sales that they have, or even donating purely to the site, which you can do, you can do that on the website. 
all their sales and donations support their cleanup efforts around the world in 28 countries and counting. And each Parlay Ocean bag is made from about five intercepted plastic bottles and helps fund their ever-growing cleanup network. It's active again in 28 countries and counting. On their site, you can find Parlay Ocean bags, their Parlay 100% organic cotton clothing, their limited edition reusable water bottles, there are their Swell uh, collaboration bottles, their hats, bundle packs, and also their flags and special items too. Uh, I have experienced using uh, Parlay's products and I love their stuff. I bought their Adidas and Parlay collaboration, the Ultra Boost Parlay shoe. Um, since I'm pretty tall, I'm about um, I'm five, nine and a half, and so I wear a women's 11. And I bought it from goat.com. I really wanted to um, get another uh, pair of uh, eco-friendly shoes um, that I could use for out and about casual, for walking around, maybe for work projects, extended travel, etc. And I, I bought these in December 2019, so some time back. But um, I do love these shoes. They're great uh, in many different ways. And I love that Parlay, it does many different things when it comes to cleanup initiatives and projects and works with other organizations. They do runs for the ocean. And so that's where um, also the Adidas collaboration works too, because they're fostering the ocean plastic uh, waste from the ocean and they're putting it in their shoes, um, thus spreading the message about ocean plastic, but doing great as far as awareness and funds for ocean cleanup, etc. And so they they have many different types of gear that's not just shoes that are part of the Parlay Collection Collab, and they do so much with ocean cleanup. It's really cool, and Parlay is really amazing for that. They're um, ingenious with their performance gear collaboration. Um, and, and with the shoes, for example, they're made from at least 75% ocean plastic waste. So they're preventing that even going into the oceans and taking that um, out of the oceans. Adidas, uh, Adidas has worked with Parlay uh, and, and currently more than 40% of Adidas apparel uses recycled polyester and they also in the future want to make that percentage a lot higher at 100% so they're even doing their part. I love my shoes. I wear them for casual outfits, for uh, work and traveling and other uses too, gardening. I do love my shoes and I, I want to keep them forever and they even uh, Adidas is, is how the they're pronounced in Europe. They also have shoes uh, currently on the market where if you either send your shoes in or they're broken down uh, and, and able to be made into other shoes just like the same as they were before. So you can help um, ensure that you're protecting the planet even further. So uh, I do want to uh, buy some shirts in the future, especially the organic, 100% uh, organic uh, clothing shirts. And I also want to sign up for some beach ocean cleanups because I love cleanups. And so I love that Parlay has fostered that. Uh, and it's a, it's a big win for the environment and for other organizations that collaborate with Parlay in their mission. So I give them five out of five green thumbs up for everything. Um, and there's, there's so much history to Parlay in a short span of time uh, and since they've been created. And I want to see them do even better in the future and do more in the future as well. 
with Parlay. Uh, they can be found online on their uh, site and a few other sites too, uh, mainly at www.parlay.com. That's P-A-R-L-E-Y.tv. And then shop.parlay.tv. You can also find some of the products on eBay. Just search Parlay Shoes or Parlay Adidas. And then also you can go to adidas.com or A-D-I-D-A-S.com or um, sift through their site because it is pretty uh, international as far as how many countries they sell to and find your countries. And you can either check the Ultra Boost um, listing under the collections at the bottom of their website or search Ultra Boost or Parlay uh, on the Adidas site. So Parlay for the Oceans can be found on the following social media platforms. Facebook at Parlay for the Oceans. Instagram at Parlay.tv. LinkedIn at Parlay for the Oceans. They're on Twitter at Parlay for the Oceans. And also on YouTube at Parlay Channel. I recently subscribed. I love their different talks. And they have all types of different uh, uh, media stuff and information about uh, what they do. And it's really a great YouTube channel. Uh, to contact Parlay for the Oceans, be sure to check out their website again, www.parlay.tv forward slash engage to message them or you can send the mail to their New York address. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this amazing podcast episode and all the things that we learned, especially about all the different types of food that we can eat to, of course, lower our risks of getting diabetes and diabetes-related health conditions. Uh, There's so much to learn about diabetes, but if you can prevent even getting it at the start, that's a win-win. And I know there are tons of egg lovers out there, myself included, but my sunny set, my sunny side up eggs will have to wait um, for you know a long time for me to eat them, unfortunately. Um, but I, I really wanted to to put this information out there to protect you know someone else, to protect their families. You know, it's not fun getting pre-diabetes, um, but you have to, you know, increase your water intake, your uh, exercise levels have to change, your diet has to change, your whole mindset of what you think food has to be um, and, and what you can put in your mouth to satisfy your food cravings, you know, has to change. You know, it's, it's scary um, when, you know, when you see or hear that you're, you know, pre-diabetic, but when you change and you don't have that diagnosis anymore, it's, it's better. It, it feels like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. And so if you can prevent uh, that, then that's a really good thing. And, you know, I try and mix up the uh, types of topics and decided to talk about some food-related issues. And so I'm glad that I did. And I want you to be healthy and to, you know, live, you know, for your family and for yourselves and to take care of yourselves, as as I always try to talk about in every podcast episode. So uh, with that, I will be doing another podcast episode Two, I hope that all who are interested and who can definitely participate in the giveaway. It will be running for the time of, you know, when I record uh, the episodes. And, you know, as of recently uh, having uh, doing doing those, I hope to get, you know, a lot of um, entries. I do plan on doing other giveaways in the future, of course, bonus giveaways 
That's exactly why, you know, I have my podcast in part because I want to give back uh, to my listeners and, and to have a, a lot of fun going forth and learning, um, you know, about, you know, the questions that I pose with, um, you know, in the giveaway themselves and, you know, having people, you know, have that feedback and learning and engaging there and to give away things that matter. And so, you know, Burt's Bees is near and dear to me. And a lot of people uh, know that it's a pretty popular uh, type of um, product and their products. And pop sockets are amazing. You know, people have phones and so they, you know, I think will have use for those and really great use. And so uh, they kind of are special and limited edition, if you want to call that uh, them that. And so I figured they'd be great prizes. So I want to thank you. Uh, all those who are supporting my uh, podcast, especially my one paid listener thus far, uh, and she being a really great support, I'll shout her out all the time. And uh, I really hope that all those who are listening really take, um, you know, a lot of information from this podcast and are able to share with those who maybe are having a tough time uh, health wise. Maybe this is exactly uh, what that special somebody needed to listen to. So until next time, be sure to take care of yourselves and also please take care of the planet and be well. Bye.